enrich your soul. And as a part of that, we've been doing that both on a Sunday and a Wednesday. Sunday, hitting those messages, and then Wednesday nights, gathering together around tables with great food, a little bit of fun, but then also to be able to ask that question a little bit deeper in those groups as we meet and gather in connect groups, or as we're calling them for for this part of the journey, is a six-week journey. Um, and to invite you along to that. If that's something that you haven't been able to get to or this is your first week here and you're like, I want to get on that train, you are more than welcome. We always have space around the table here at True North. So if that's something that you want to be a part of, you can um, put that down at Watson and we'll be happy to be able to find you a place um, for you to come and join us, which is great. But just as a bit of a recap of how's your soul we're looking in um, 3 John 1, 2. It, it comes from here. It says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. And over here, we notice that as it goes well with your soul, this scripture leads us to believe that we are only as well as our soul is well. We are only as prosper, prosperous as your soul is prosperous. That how are we doing? The question is, how are you going on the inside? That, you know, for many of us, I know for myself for sure, that um, as we get by our weeks and our days and schedules and calendars of all the things that need to get done, it sometimes goes weeks and days without even stopping to think that, well, how am I going? How, how's my soul going? How am I traveling? So over these six weeks, we are endeavoring to ask that question. How are we going on the inside? And for every, every one of us, you know, we have all these things that we take care of on the outside, making sure we got our clothes, our hair. For some of us, that's going a little bit grey. It's become more frequent for me to attend the hairdresser um, with the grey hairs and all these things that um, we, we deal with, whether it be uh, getting our nails done, getting the clothes and the fashion all down right. We, we pay attention to those things. And God cares about what's going on on the outside. But as we read in the Bible, as we read uh, the story um, in there, that actually what God is looking at and what God speaks into is that idea of how's your soul. In fact, what is going on in the inside? What, so we're asking that, we're going to be answering that today, is that, you know, if God is focused and is about what's going on, on the inside, as too should we be. That, you know, this six-week journey is all about that, is asking those questions. How are we going? What's going on the inside? We'll just pray as we start. Father, we thank you so much. That, Lord, that you care for every, with every part of who we are. But, Lord, more so that you care about what is going on the inside. You're, you care about what's going on in our souls. You care about you know, what's on the outside, but more so what's going on the inside. So I pray that today, that as we open up your word, as we hear your word, that your Holy Spirit will be speaking to us. That Lord, today we'll get a little bit of a glimpse of what's going on on the inside. And we ask and invite you in those places that you would speak to us clearly. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have you ever been surprised by your soul? Have you ever been in this place where things have come up in your emotional reaction, in your state of your soul, where you have been totally surprised by what is actually in there. 
I know for myself, um, some years ago, it was when we, we've got three kids, but when we had two kids, and there was two kids under two years old, and um, we had our own business, we had investment stuff, and Jeff and I, we were pretty busy in this season of life where there wasn't much margin to rest and, and take a breather and stuff like that. But there was found one afternoon where um, we were sitting down, I believe Oprah was on at the time, and um, kids were asleep, rare moment where they're both asleep, you know when you've got two under two, it's crazy, crazy season of life, but they were both asleep. And um, Jeff and I were there, and um, we we're, as I said, Oprah's on, it's very important, um, maybe catching some lunch, a quick break there. But then we're having this conversation, and quickly the conversation escalated, heated discussion, one might say. And I found my reaction that I jumped up out of there, walked away, stormed off into the kitchen, and I found this glass jar. I hate being a preacher where you've got to use illustrations. And I found this, this, this jar in the kitchen and I grabbed it and I threw it on the floor. And the entire thing just smashes and guess who had to clean that up later. Um, and I found this emotional reaction that was surprising to me. I had never thrown jars on the floor. I have never since thrown jars on the floor. But it was this mo moment in time where actually something deep inside just raised up with this crazy reaction to the situation that, to be honest, I really do not know what that was about. And um, I wouldn't be able to tell you even what that was other than something on Oprah, maybe, I don't know. That was playing, I remember that moment. But have you ever been surprised about your reaction? Have you had a moment where something's come up, something's happened and you're like, oh, what just happened then? What has just happened then? Um, I know that for many of us, there would have been those scenarios. I'm here, so I have to share openly. But, you know, for the midst of all of that, I believe that God has designed us, that he has designed us that in the midst of adversity, in the midst of what is coming at us, that the challenges that come, that we'll have the strength and health in our soul that will be able to stand up against those things that we would have the strength and the health within us to be able to stand up in a stable way, not broken. You know, as we laugh about the Oprah situation, but really, you know, God's design for us is that we'd have a strength in those situations, that we'd have a strength for that. God's plan is that we'd have a healthy soul that could stand up against any adversity, you know, anything that may come our way, you know, I don't know if for yourself, but definitely for me, there's situations where constantly things are coming at us. We can't avoid it. We can't ignore it. We can't reject it. They come at us. So then what the question is, how do we respond to that? Is our soul healthy? Do we act and react in a way that is healthy, that comes from not just the external, but the internal place? And my prayer will be that, you know, as we gather here on a Sunday each week and on Wednesday, that we would not just know Jesus, we wouldn't just take great notes, but we would live a life that outlives the love and the, and the, the discipleship of what Jesus Christ is in our life. And that is that he is continually working in us, he is continually doing a work in us that constantly is changing us more like himself. You know that, can you imagine that strength and that encouragement, that, that being, being with Jesus and the, the coming out of being with Jesus and knowing Jesus and loving like Jesus does and loving our neighbours as we do ourselves, that he 
just oozes out wherever we're going, whatever we're doing, that the love of Jesus Christ is now going out into all these places. There is nothing like meeting a person, and I don't know if you've ever encountered a situation where you've gone to take someone out, perhaps for a coffee or something because they're going through a tough time, they're facing pain and they're facing hurt, and then as you're, you're like, I'll do a good thing, I'll take them out for a, an encouraging coffee catch-up. But as you're meeting with them, as you're sitting down with them, you know, they're going through the loss, they're going through the pain, they're going through the diagnosis. But when you have coffee with them to encourage them, actually they're encouraging you. They're, they're encouraging you, their faith, their strength, their courage. It actually leaves you astounded by meeting with them. Have you ever come across anyone like that? Where their soul is strengthened, where their soul is quite still and firm in who Christ is. If you've ever been emotionally unstable like I was in that moment, <laughs> if you've ever had those moments where actually, you know, I've lost the plot, I don't know what happened in that moment, I don't know who that person was. You have a friend, when we're looking at the Psalms in verses 40, um, chapter 42 and 43, which is loaded with the psalmist as he has so many different types of emotions at play here, that you're in good company, both of myself and the psalmist here, as he has highs and lows. In fact, he has eight highs and lows throughout this scripture that, he, um, that we'll be able to identify. And we'll read it from 42. It's quite a, quite a big chunk, so we'll take a moment. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. For when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to, to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them into procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise and multitude-keeping multitude festivals. Why are you cast down on my soul and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you. From the land of Jordan and Hermon, from Mount Miser, deep calls to deep. At the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By the day, Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to my God and my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy, as with the, a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceit of an unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. For you have, why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to my God, to God, to God my exceeding joy. 
and I will praise you with life, O God, my God. Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Do you see all those changes? There's a lot of verses there. But in that, we see the psalmist going from the highs to the lows. And in that, as I can, I can describe that to you in the likeliness of a roller coaster sound noise. So as we're looking at that and we're looking at the highs and the lows, this is what it would sound like if it was a roller coaster ride. We would look at the scripture and we'd go, ah, click, click, ah, click, click, ah, click, click, ah, click, click. Eight changes. Have you ever had a day where you've gone from the ah, click, click, where your emotions are going wild, where things are happening in your day and the, the highs and the lows and the emotions are all happening? The psalmist says with the adversity, where are you, God? When am I going to see you again? My haters, they hate me. They hate me. Where are you, oh God? Where are you? Trying to find stability at times where things are up against you, where adversity is coming to you, is a question sometimes we may ask ourselves. Where are you, God? And this morning we're going to unpack just a few ways that um, can indicate, are we healthy on the inside? What are the signs of your soul being as healthy as you think it might be? And so one of those signs and um, where we look at it is the emotional inconsistency. One sign that your soul might not be as healthy as you may think it is, is that perhaps in, like my case, throwing that jar, inconsistent to what is normally going on. And how is your soul? Is what you're facing on a daily basis a consistency that is stable, that is strong, that is strengthened? Or do you seem to have experiences where there's highs and lows? Is there things out of control that you can't quite grab a grip on? Is there consistency? Is there um, inconsistent behaviour perhaps taking place in that? You know, there's different things that can trigger emotions that maybe aren't proportionate to what you're facing. You know, the response is maybe greater than actually what is in front of you. You know, you can't cry when you should cry. You can't laugh when you should laugh. You know, you, your, your emotions don't line up to actually where they should be. There's no consistency or stability there. That, you know, as we're looking at these different ways of how our soul can be strengthened, is your soul emotionally consistent or is it inconsistent now? And the next one is lacking clarity. There are nine questions the psalmist asks in through these verses. But, why, how, what about them, what about me, where are you God, where are you, what are you doing, what are you about? Nine questions he asks that signs that your soul may be not as healthy as you think it is, where you lack clarity, where you can't make clear, concise decisions, where things are maybe a bit cloudy around the place, where once you perhaps could make a clear choice on what to do, but yet you're feeling a little bit like my head is in the clouds, I can't think of what's going on. And not just like it's a one-off thing, so I experienced that quite a bit in my older age more so. But more, is it a regular ongoing, is this what's going on where, you know, actually I have no clarity of thought. I don't see clearly as perhaps I can see other people see clearly. There's things going on where actually I, my head is in the clouds and I just cannot seem to make a clear choice. I just cannot seem to make the choices that I used to make. 
God is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of confusion. God authors clarity. God authors revelation. God does not or is not the author of confusion. And if you're feeling confused, if you're feeling like, you know, there's all this stuff going on in your head that isn't allowing you to, to think straight, that God is not an author of confusion, that he authors clarity. So that's one sign that, you know, maybe things aren't as healthy as you think they are, is, you know, take a, take a bit of a ponderous, so, you know, what's your week been like? Has it been a week where, you know, you've had those clear thoughts and clear and consistent ways of thinking and reacting and doing things? How's that been for you? You know, maybe big decisions, you can't even make a choice on that. Small decisions, you're finding it hard to make a choice on that. How is that sitting for you this week? And number three, the psalmist says, I am a band leader, I am a worshipper, I am leading worship, I am leading worship with the multitudes here. And I am up front and I am doing that, but actually privately, I'm que- I've got that question, is God real? Is God actually real? Where is he and what's going on? This third point is this disparity between our private life and public life. You know, what he's describing here is describing this sure thing that, you know, as he is leading worship, as he is, he's got the multitudes and he's taking them there, he knows that deep down inside, deep in his soul, he's like, is there actually even a God? Is there actually even a God? Where are you? What are you? Where are you about? I don't even know you are a God. A disparity between who we really are and who actually people think we are. This persona of people thinking, actually, yeah, that's who they are. But in fact, there's this disparity between that person and that person that you actually are. As humans, we do a great job at tricking ourselves as to who we are. You know, people say you're that person, and you're like, yep, I play out that person when I'm up on the stage or when I'm doing stuff. But when I'm by myself, I'm actually quite different to who people see me. There's this disparity actually between who people see me and when I'm at home. You know, how are you with your family? How are you with your spouse? And then how are you with your work colleagues and with your your people there and your friends? Is there a difference? Is there a disparity between the two? It's questions that we all got to ponder on as to looking at how healthy are we on the inside? How's your soul? How's your emotions? How's your soul? Do you have clarity? Are you decisive? How's your soul? How big maybe is that disparity in your life? Are questions that we need to look through. I believe that God has a plan for each one of us to have an emotionally stable and healthy life. That his plan is not that we are indecisive, but we are a people of... um, choice that can make clear choice can have clarity in our lives that we don't have indecisiveness there's going to be moments as i said that that comes and goes and we all have moments of actually what did i walk in the kitchen for oh yeah that's right i'll go back and trace back and come back we all have those moments do we let's have a look see your hands see your hands who's in with me that's it that's it we've got a few of them everyone else is decisive um which is great we are supposed to have conviction and clarity, wisdom, understanding, and guidance. 
that as we remain in Christ Jesus, that all those things flood into our lives. As we walk with him, as we're led by him, that we live a life that is of clarity, of wisdom, of understanding and of guidance. I believe we're supposed to live this life that is consistent between both our private life and our public life. And that all stems down to how healthy is our soul? How healthy is our soul? Maybe you said once I had that, but I feel like I'm not in that place. I had that where, you know, the disparity in my life and to what people see was pretty consistent. But now, actually, there's a gap. There is that gap of disparity in my life. You know, how we all feel, how we're tracking at this phase. In the, in the Psalms, as we read, the psalmist have this chorus that speaks to this. It says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. The psalmist is question, questioning his soul in this space. He is questioning his soul. He goes, you are cast down on my soul, but why are you cast down my soul? He is questioning this. Why are you so discouraged, O my soul? Why are you restless, O my soul? We have biblical license here. It shows us to say, question your feelings. What you're feeling, what you're sensing, question that. You know, for many of us, we'll say, well, this is how I feel, and I go and tell my friend, well, this is how I feel, and so then it closes down a conversation to actually question what you're feeling. Because what I feel is what I feel, and because I'm feeling like that, I'm going to stay this way. But the Bible doesn't speak into that. In fact, the Bible talks opposite. It says, question your feelings. You may feel that way, and that's valid, and that's okay for you to feel that way, but you're not to remain that way. You're not to remain in that space. You're not to remain staying in that space because we are about a Christ who is in us, who is forever changing us. And we are never to stay and be stuck. You know, one of the things that we find as we, we many of us have friends and people in our life who we go to when there's situations and feelings that we're feeling. And often there'll be two types of friends that we have in our life. The friends that you can go to when you're feeling like this is taking place. And you know that when you go to them, they're going to understand exactly where you're at. And they're going, oh, good, good job. No, you're doing okay, Michelle. You just stay where you sit. Okay, great. But then we have the friends that when you go to them, they're like, I understand what you're feeling, Michelle. I understand what you're going through, Michelle. But in fact, the will of God is this. The will of God is this. And so as we've got our friends, as we're going through our situations, we've got to be mindful of actually who we're going to. Who are we going to and who we speak in, who's speaking into our life that will actually, in fact, challenge us in those feelings. Who will challenge us to say, actually, that's great and I understand where you're at. But in fact, this is where we're going. This is what God's will for your life is and this is where you're tracking. So come on, <laughs> come on and keep moving. So Jesus is fully God and fully human. And at the cross, he had feelings of, I don't feel like dying on the cross. I do not feel like dying on the cross. He verbalizes it. He speaks it out. And he's like, I don't want to do this. I don't feel like dying on the cross. And he says this, 
this is what I feel, but nevertheless, I actually want what you will in my life, God. I actually, despite what I am going to go through, despite what I am feeling, I want what you are willing over my life, God. And so often we find ourselves at this intersection of this is how I feel and this is what God wills. This is how I feel and this is what God wills. And we walk up to that intersection often in our lives, whether we like it or don't like it, they keep coming, don't they? They keep coming in our lives where we will stand there and we will be at that intersection where we actually have to choose whether we're going to go with how we feel or we're going to continue to move of where God wills over our lives. And to be honest, that intersection, we're all going to be very real in that moment. Say, actually, I don't feel like doing this. Actually, I don't feel like doing this, but I'm going to go with the will of God. What will I do? When we're at that intersection, what will I do is a question we need to ask. Will I choose what I feel or will I choose what he is willing? When you're at one of those intersections, it is really important then to have that friend that you know is going to challenge you in the will of God. You know you're not going to go to those ones that are going to go, hey, good job, you're doing well. No, as a people of God, as a people who want to continually walk down that path of where Christ is taking us, is that we want to have those people in our life that will challenge us, that will take us to the next step. And even as I'm looking in Beth Smythe, she's around here somewhere. She is an awesome person to be that person. They're often right. They'll often challenge you, but they'll often lead you to something that is not just what you feel, but in fact, where God wills over your life. And just recently, um, we we're at um, doing Bible college, and we we're away and down uh, in the hills, where were we? Somewhere, Annapanna Lodge. And there was a few of us, and we we're um, through our course. What is a requirement is to have a mentor that each one of us need to have to be able to lead us on our journey for the year. So there's a certain amount of hours that they will walk with us throughout this year to be able to help us get to a place where we want to be, the goals that we achieve. And now, I was pretty busy. I, I lead a pretty busy life. And so in that moment, I'm weighing up, well, who can that person be? And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, tick, tick, tick. I've got this, I've got this lady. She's a friend of mine. She's a leader. She's a great leader, and she'll do that. But in fact, what will the outcome be at the end of the year? Great coffee, great catch-up. We'll have a bit of fun along the way. And in that moment, I stopped to ask our associate pastor, Ryan, and I'm like, actually, I know who I could pick, but is that person going to be the person I need to challenge me to go to that next stage? And so he quickly pushed back. Good friend right there, Ryan Clune, quickly pushes back and gives me some names. And so as we're looking at who is actually walking with us on this journey, to be always having a friend that you can call upon that isn't going to be sympathetic always. It's good to be sympathetic. It's, you need that, soften it, but then also will challenge you onto where you're going. So question your feelings, question them once, question them twice, and make sure you have people in your world that is going to help you question how you feel. Not that person who's going to make you feel comfortable. So as we, as we do that, uh, what we want to do is to be able to always be placing our hope in God. I'm going to invite the band up as we do that.
you know, the psalmist is battling here with his emotions. They're all over the place. He is battling perception over truth. We have a, a great battle every day in this world where, you know, whether we turn on the TV and listen to the news, whether we read the newspaper, whether we um, look at what's screening on CNN through our mobile devices, whatever it may be, we have this perceived view of what is taking place. But what I've learned over the years is that journalists don't always tell the full and correct story. Is that right? You know, what we've got, what we're looking at on our mobile devices inundate us with this perceived truth and a good question is what is informing your soul what in fact is informing your soul what are you eating on what are you drinking on what are you digesting on because eventually whatever is going into your soul is what's going to come out if you're feeding on drama if you're feeding on gossip if you're feeding on opinions that's what's going to come out eventually as you live out life what is the thing that you're feeding on? The psalmist says here, and he speaks to the very core. He speaks to the soul and he says, soul, I am going to tell you the truth. Soul, the truth is that I can hope in God. The truth is, soul, that you are going to start praising him no matter how you're feeling. The truth is, soul, that I am going to praise God because he is God and he is my salvation. We need to speak to our feelings. We need to speak to our soul. We need to speak to ourselves to say, despite where you are, I am going to praise God. I am going to lift his name up. That our hope is to be placed in God. So whenever your soul condemns you, God is greater than your soul. It will come. It will try to hold you back. But you've got to know the truth is, and the truth is that God is greater than your soul. That God is in control that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. That as we journey through life, we live life, we live life abundantly, don't we? That's what we're called to. Sometimes you've got to tell your soul, you are not on the throne, soul. That God is on the throne. That you are not in control of my life, soul. That God is in control. That there is no condemnation in those that love Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. That we've got to speak to our soul. We've got to speak to ourselves. We've got to speak truth that out of the Word of God calls us out of those places. That we are on a journey that is an exciting roller coaster. It will have the highs. It will have the lows. But God is in control. Our hope isn't in ourselves. We, we can't save ourselves. But God is in control. I am who I am by the grace of God. Not by merit, not by deed, not by performance, not by effort, not by the amount of money I give, but by the gift given to me by Jesus Christ, which is forgiveness. Each one of us, each one of us has that free gift. My soul, may it hope in God. And sometimes we've got to sing that out. And sometimes we've got to speak loudly to our soul that, hey, soul, my hope is in God. My hope is in God. It isn't in me. My hope is in God. Is your soul telling you that God isn't around? God is distant. That God is irrelevant. That God isn't involved. That God doesn't care. Do you know what the truth says? That you are still in the palm of his hand. Despite how you're feeling. Despite how you're feeling. That God is in control. 
He is never going to leave you. He can't leave you. He has got you. You're in his palm of his hand and he has you tight. You may not feel it, but guess what? Hope in God. Hope in God. We need to stay in the story, church. That as we wrap up in this tonight, today, that, you know, God is calling for each one of us to stay in the story. You may be going through some very real and very true feelings at the moment. But what God is calling for each one of us is to stay in the story. And you know what? The story isn't about us. It is His story. And how this story ends is huge. How this story ends is amazing. But He calls us all just to stay in the story. And as um, we finish up today, you know, we, we got to real, realize that this story, the part that we play, is greater than ourselves. That, you know, one day that as that story ends, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And everyone, doesn't matter what you are, preacher, not preacher, president, whatever it is, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus